The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. This is cool. Hyundai has completely modernized the car buying experience. They call it the Shopper Assurance Program. Customers will feel more confident, respected, in control, and at ease. That's the whole purpose of the program. Shopper Assurance will save you time, eliminate haggling, streamline the process, and reduce the worry. The Streamline program consists of four key elements. One, transparent pricing. Knowing the price is always better than guessing the price. Two, a flexible test drive. They'll bring the car to you, and you can test drive it at your convenience. Three, streamline purchase. It takes the paperwork out of the paperwork by allowing you to do it online. And four, this is the best of all, a three-day worry-free exchange. Gives you complete peace of mind. You can exchange the vehicle if you're not happy. Car buying made easier is possible with Hyundai Shopper Assurance. And you can find out more at HyundaiUSA.com Shopper Assurance. So go there right now, HyundaiUSA.com Shopper Assurance, and find out about the Shopper Assurance program. You'll be really glad you did. It's a very cool way to buy a car. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. I'm John Taffer, best-selling author, bar rescue guru, and soon your new best friend. I've got a lot of shit for us to talk about, so stop making excuses and let's get started, because this gets real right now. All the way from the studios at Podcast One, here's John Taffer. Here we go, my favorite thing to do every week, my No Excuses podcast. Here it is. I am fresh, energetic, and we have a lot to talk about. This week's podcast, I have a really special guest this week. You've never, ever heard of Johnny Greco, but you're going to be glad you did at the end of this podcast. Johnny Greco is the vice president of entertainment for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which is one of the greatest hockey experiences, if not the greatest hockey experience in the world. This is a guy who reinvented entertainment and sports arenas. It's an incredible story. I've been working to get Johnny on for weeks because the season is about to start. He's a very busy guy. We're going to be talking to Johnny later. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of audience questions or audience comments. I hope they're good ones. That's always a little thin ice. And we got a lot to talk about this week. So Lauren Moore, Lauren Moore is a nice young lady. I believe she's 23 years old. And she's getting ready to start her career. And her father is a little pissed off. And he writes a beautifully, brutally honest CV for his teenage daughter. And I had to pull this out of the newspaper and read this to you. So he created the CV for his daughter. And this is what it says. Lauren Moore on the top. Education and qualifications. Math 2, English 3, English language 2, science 1, finance fail, art 4, French fail. Work experience, office assistant in providing advice. (laughs) Responsibilities and duties. Getting on my father's boobs, whatever that means. I didn't say the word they wrote. Not listening. Browsing Facebook. Losing all documentation. Giving out all clients' information to fraudsters. (laughs) That's what his father thinks of his daughter. Then this is a great one. He wrote, responsibilities and duties. This is what he wrote in his daughter's CV. Digging holes looking for gold. Chopping colleagues' toes off with the spade, whatever the hell that means. Screwing everything up. Being messy. Couldn't really give a crap. 
And it goes on and on and on. And this poor father published his daughter, Warren Moore's CV that says all these things. I'm guessing things aren't going so well in that family tonight. You know, it's interesting when we take a look at CVs, and, and I'm hiring a couple of people in my company right now. I'm hiring a production person, and we're hiring a, a brand supervisor to work in our branding side. And, you know, it's so hard to hire people today. And we look at their CVs, and we look at their resumes, and we look at the letters that they send. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, how do I say this? I just don't think people are as honest as they used to be. You know, I find that so many people BS their ways into positions. From a hiring perspective, it's really, really hard. Even for somebody like me who has experienced hiring thousands of people, it's really hard to weed through the BS these days. And uh, uh, when you write your own CV and write your own resumes, you know, when you write things like, uh, uh, you know, responsible for facilitating this and that. And when you read it, a guy like me knows you just didn't. So, you know, BS in resumes only goes so far. And I find that people who speak more and write less are the ones that we hire. So so when I look at her CV and I realize how terrible it is and, and what her father did to her, it makes me think about all the ones that I'm reading right now for these two job positions. And nine out of ten I just throw into the trash because I just think they're full of crap. So maybe you want to look at yours if you're looking for a job. How do you portray honesty, integrity? Because those are the things we're most looking for. And if there's BS on a resume right out of the gate, you blew the whole honesty and integrity thing. And and, uh, looking at these resumes this week made me think about it. It has come to my attention that people are putting their side chicks in their contracts under my name. This is a great article. So here's what happened. So this guy has a couple of friends. And their friends are married, and they're cheating, and they're sexting, and they're doing things with other women. So one of his friends chooses to take their phone and put his name in it. So his best buddy has his name in his phone to get messages. So on the phone, the messages pop up with his name, but they're actually not. They're messages from another girl. So (laughs) what happened, (laughs) I got to read this to you. He had the idea that if he saved contacts under these girls, under my name, his girlfriend would never find out. The working hypothesis here was that his girlfriend wouldn't delve into the conversations between myself and him. But a couple of nights ago, something caught her eye. And the last text Francis LSL sent him was, I'm so wet right now. Oops, sorry. Opened the chat, and he saw a number of headless breast shots. Well, <laughs> The girl looks at his wife and says, what are you more interested in, her nipples or me? Everything blew up, and uh, uh, apparently they're, they're moving into a divorce or something. So there's a moral uh, to this story, and uh, uh, be honest. And uh, 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 trying to manipulate is only going to make things worse. So, so I just thought that was a crazy story how this guy is receiving sexting with his best friend's name on it on his phone and thought he'd get away with it. I know this. My wife, Nicole, must go through my briefcase three times a week, (laughs) checks my cell phone all the time. She just, it isn't that she doesn't trust, it's just that she wants to be in the middle of everything. And you know what? Great wives want to know. And they want to know what you're doing, where you're going, how you're feeling, and that isn't always a bad thing. It isn't always spying on you and not trusting you. And uh, 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 so, even if you are trusted, you can get caught if you're not honest. PepsiCo is buying SodaStream. You know SodaStream, that, that device that has the huge CO2 tank and you, and you carbonate your own water and you put flavors into it? 
billion dollars. Well, you know, uh, CSD, as we call it, which is carbonated soft drinks, that's the category in beverages that is carbonated soft drinks, and CSD sales are down. So carbonated soft drink sales are down. The sweeter beverages sales are down. And now what's happening, of course, is a lot of movement and a lot of science suggesting that all the fake sugars and the fake sweeteners aren't very good for you either. So uh, 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 that's all pushing CSD, carbonated soft drinks, down. And by PepsiCo buying SodaStream, they're investing in carbonated water and much lighter flavors, and it's really diversifying their portfolio and smart for them to do so. So... Uh, uh, pretty soon, it's going to be part of Pepsi. So this was a great one. Big boy hit by drunk driver caught with his pants down. So this is really incredible. Guy gets in an accident. He's sitting in a traffic light. The car drives into the back of him. He turns around. The guy's got a vodka bottle in his hand, and he's drinking after he hit him. So in this article, there's pictures of the guy drinking his vodka bottle with the front of his car smashed up. Well, they took him away and... and, and <laughs> put him in jail and he's got a couple of problems but uh, uh, could you imagine that driving down the street with a vodka bottle in your hand you smash into the back of a car and you still keep drinking the vodka so I'm guessing uh, uh, <laughs> he needs a bit of a realignment Nabisco oh boy this was very sad how many of us like animal crackers I know I love animal crackers Barnum's animal crackers well you know the animal cracker box had the images of four animals in cages on the top left, there was a lion in a cage. On the bottom right, on the bottom left was a gorilla in a cage. On the bottom right was an elephant, and on the top right was a polar bear in a cage. Well, it happened. The pu- world of public opinion pressured Nabisco so much that they uncaged the animals. The new box of Barnum's animal crackers now has images of the a- of the animals running freely in the fields enjoying the air blowing through their hair with a complete freshness and they are no longer caged and and you know when i look at the package <sighs> sorry guys it just doesn't look like animal crackers anymore so you know what's interesting uh, 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 all these organizations and people put pressure so they took the animals out of the cage they redid the box but I know this. When I was a kid and I ate animal crackers, the first thing I did was bit the head off every animal. So I find it interesting that they took the cages off the box, but yet the kids are still going to bite all the animals' heads off. Because I know I did. That was the best part of animal crackers. So animal crackers, by the way, have been around for 116 years. And sometimes you look at certain things, and, and I always find it interesting how they say that innovation is, is, is you know, the fuel of tomorrow. But the fact of the matter is, look at your house. Look at the hinges on your door. They haven't changed in 200 years. Look at the chairs. Look at all the things around us that have never changed. One of the oldest candies is Tootsie Rolls. Never changed. And you think about all of these things that have been around for over 100 years. They haven't changed, and they're never really going to change going forward. Some products just exist forever. A mousetrap comes to mind. Everybody's tried to build a better mousetrap. But, you know, when you go to a hardware store, it's the same damn mousetrap. It hasn't changed in a lot of years. So, you know, sometimes change isn't all it's, it's racked up to be. There has to be a blend between respecting what works and change. Speaking of change, last year was the most exciting sports year of my life. I'm a Las Vegas guy. I'm a hockey guy. I love hockey. I buy tickets for a brand-new hockey team in the desert. 
everybody makes fun of it. Hockey in the desert, ah, it's going to suck. Ah, they're going to be a lousy team. Nobody's going to buy tickets, and everybody beat the hell out of us. Well, you know what? We sold our tickets. We filled the arena, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights became the greatest sports franchise inaugural season in history. Fact of the matter is they won more games, have more winning streaks, more winning statistics than any team, football, baseball, NBA, any sport. They are the greatest sports team of all time in their inaugural season. But you know what? It isn't just players that make a great team. When you go to T-Mobile Arena, and I've been to hockey games all over the country, there's nothing like it. The video production, the energy, the use of music, the use of lighting, fog, special effects, the integration of fan energy and activity is second to anything that I've ever seen in the world. And here's the biggest challenge of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The opening home game was October 6th. The Las Vegas massacre was October 1st. Six years later, while the hospitals were filled and Las Vegas was in the worst emotional state of its entire existence, the Las Vegas Knights opened at T-Mobile Arena. Everybody felt guilty about having a good time. But there was a really special person who was the VP of entertainment for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He looked at the sensitivity of the situation, reinvented programming and entertainment in the arena, and figured out a way at every game to let the Las Vegas locals pay respect to the October 1 incident so that they could enjoy watching hockey. The first game was the most incredible experience of my life. They had an event about the massacre, had a lot of first responders out on the ice. There was not one dry eye in the entire arena. Everybody was hysterical, not just crying, hysterical crying. It was one of the heaviest things I've ever seen in my life. A couple minutes later, the hockey game started. In the first five minutes of the game, the Las Vegas Golden Knights scored three goals. And from hysterical crying, I saw 18,000 people in T-Mobile Arena jump to their feet from tears to joy. It was an incredible thing. That balance of respecting what had happened and then playing hockey was very, very special. And the mastermind of that was Johnny Greco. Johnny Greco. The Vice President of Entertainment for the Las Vegas Golden Knights came from the Boston Bruins. Is one of the greatest innovators in all of sports entertainment. And Johnny is going to be with me when we come back. Don't shut down this podcast yet. No Excuses with John Taffer continues next. Want to talk to John? Email him now at podcast at johntaffer.com. Everybody's talking about Super Bowl predictions, playoff predictions, MVP predictions, Heisman, college football playoff predictions. Everybody has their predictions for this season. The NFL and NCAA football season kickoff is now, and it's time to take that pigskin knowledge to the bank at BetDSI.com. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years online and has built an impeccable reputation for great service and fast payment of your winnings. They have an excellent mobile interface. You can play, win, and get paid anytime, anywhere. And to help you get started with some extra bang for your buck, BetDSI is offering double your money on your first deposit. That's right. Deposit to start winning and get up to $2,500 free. That's double your money right from the get-go. You know you're ready to win. 
Join BetDSI.com today by using the promo code TAFFER101, and you already won by doubling your bankroll straight away. Yep, that's promo code TAFFER101 to get in the action and get paid. Don't stand on the sidelines this season. Be in it to win it and enjoy the games much more when you play at BetDSI. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Man, I love to barbecue, and that's where ButcherBox.com comes in in my house. It's high-quality, healthy protein you can trust, 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork. That's old-world pork before they bred out all the fat and flavor to make it, quote, the other white meat. ButcherBox.com is incredibly convenient. It's delivered right to your door on dry ice with free shipping anywhere in the 48 states. It has unbelievable taste. And make no mistake, there's a huge difference in taste between animals raised on pasture and those fed grain in concentrated animal feedlot operations. Fact of the matter is great protein is hard to get. Outside of ButcherBox, this type of high-quality meat is really hard to find. For those who live in food deserts, it's near impossible. For those who live in big cities with expensive supermarkets like Whole Foods, butcher box prices and variety are hard to beat. And right now, you can get $20 off and free bacon in your first box by going to butcherbox.com and using the discount code TAFFER at checkout. Remember, $20 off and free bacon on your first box by going to butcherbox.com and using the discount code TAFFER. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Taffer's back. This is No Excuses with John Taffer. Well, I told you I was really excited about today's guest. You know, some of it might be his Brooklyn roots. Some of it might be his sports roots. Some of it might be that, you know, he's a VP of entertainment production for quite possibly the most exciting sports franchise in the world. Johnny, really good to see you, buddy. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me. This is incredible. Super happy to be here, buddy. Well, you know, my podcast is all about, I hope, leaving people with takeaways, you know, something that, that will change their life and who they are. And yeah. I know you've watched my TV show Absolutely. and we've talked. Yep. But uh, uh, for those who don't know, you know, Johnny has sort of uh, uh, helped rewrite the sports entertainment book in a way. And, and his awards and background really sort of prove it. Let me show what I mean. And I'm going to embarrass you. So do you blush? <laughs> yeah, sure I do. He does? Okay. So <laughs> regional Emmy Awards. Cavs video introduction, headshot package, Cavs video introduction, Cav Addy Awards, Las Vegas Golden Knights, best of show Las Vegas, Telly Awards with the Cavaliers and the Knights, ESPN Magazine voted the number one stadium experience in all of sports in 2004. And now you're much better at it now, so many years <laughs> later. The American Hockey League voted number one in-game experience in the AHL, first ever to be awarded. You got it, Johnny. A, a, a National Basketball Association considered top five in the league from a game operations standpoint. Operations, not only film production. And then Golden Matrix Awards. Boy, you grew up and went to college and went into film production. Yeah. Yeah. When you went into film production, did you know that you'd be in the sports world? Was that part of your goal? How did it happen? No. Um, 
first off, too, all those awards, that that's nice stuff, but but that's never what will define any storyteller or any creator, right? Like, it's cool, and but if people award you and you think you did good, if they don't award you, does that mean you did bad? No, I don't think so, because there's a lot of great work out there with that. I completely so agree. so much. So it's all about timing, and it's it's really all about the team that you get to create with, and it so is. it's nice, but, 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 but some of that's But doesn't fun. recognition from your peers feel really good? That's cooler than an award. When, when you have your friends from the New York Mets or, or, or the Los Angeles Lakers saying, hey, saw you did this. This is really cool. Our, our CEO showed me this thing you guys did like that. You know, that's great. If, if other entrepreneurs are saying, hey, we heard that you did this or or we came up with this new drink, like try it. And, and you know, when you're working together with your colleagues, that's that's an incredible feeling. Oh, yeah. There's nothing nothing like that. And yeah. those awards. Yep. The good part is that your peers. Oh, yeah. were behind you. Oh, yeah. That, that's incredible. So it, it's nice to have those. But but I always tell everyone like the the test of a good experience is like did the hair on the back of your neck stand up yeah. did you have that moment that we always talk about the first concert you ever went to the first ball game your your mom or dad took you to uh, i remember shea stadium new york mets howard johnson hit a home run tipped the cap like i i was like i cannot believe this is real and i still go back to that day and something we all talk about just as far as like a mantra for the experience of the fans wherever you are whatever you're creating it's a version of hospitality right absolutely and um you just you got to honor the fan and you got to honor that that there's some people there coming whether they're eight or 80 for the first time ever and they're going to tell people about this story i went to this restaurant and i had the greatest appetizer i was treated this well and it's the same for games and it events sticks. it sticks and they talk about it forever and it's just an incredible thing to be a part of those memories and we try to always remember you know our memories just like when we were kids growing up that way you know you and i think exactly like you know a restaurants are experiences absolutely and i actually own the term reaction management i trademarked it and the premise of reaction management is guys like you and i if we can create reactions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from our audience an emotional response we win mm-hmm. yeah so we don't play music we play reactions we achieve it through music i love it you don't shoot videos yeah. you create reactions you I achieve it. it through videos yeah. yeah and you know you didn't create chance yeah our reptilian mascot <laughs> right because he's yellow you created a reaction for yeah. it yeah so what i am so excited about talking to you about and the reason why i wanted you to come here is is a how you evolved in mm-hmm. sports but Johnny, you have a sensitivity in the way you've gone about this last season that I think is remarkable. Thank you. And I want to talk about that in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But you got out of college. Did you want to do feature yeah. film production? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Spielberg nerd, yep. man. Everybody <laughs> like, wants to make movies. Absolutely. I, I like a lot of a lot of guys and girls that went into the, the game presentation world and, and production world. You know, seven years old, you're grabbing mom and dad's video camera. Fortunately, mom and dad were hippies. Dad was at Woodstock. He was an artist, even though he was a veterinarian. But they were cool with me running around making movies. And and all of a sudden, it's time to go to college. And I'm like. I still want to just make movies. And then a family friend turned you on to this school, and they're like, hey, you can go to school for this. I didn't even think it was real, you know, like guidance things guidance counselors don't tell you. And um, I went to school, uh, graduated with an associate's degree in film and video, and just got right to it. 19 years old, I started with the Florida Marlins. I didn't know. So you went right into sports. I went, I went right into it. So I, I, you know, the dream is go to L.A., make yep. movies. Well, I also, you know, was a very average athlete, but I loved sports. I grew up on sports. I loved, you know, Michael Jordan in the 90s, Chicago yeah. Bulls, and it was so much more than sports. And, yeah. and um, you know, so I was just, I was enamored by all of that. And then when it was a way to combine 
my my lack of athleticism but love for sports in a way to tell stories and captivate i learned very quickly like oh you know when you go to these events you go to these sporting they have kiss cam and they have these videos with the mascots and they play music when the batter comes out i was like holy i didn't yeah somebody's got to do that right right so i started there with the marlins learned so much in three years there had an incredible experience and then have been really lucky to kind of hop around with a few different sports teams along the way and a couple big events as well you know while i was going i got to do um the olympics which was incredible incredible two times and um you know again it's it, it is it's who you know definitely who knows you and really who likes you you know right because to get in a circle if you treat people the right way I, I am not the most talented most creative i have the most creative people around me i get to work with the most creative people and and if you can you know lead that and, and work with that and collaborate with that you know fortunately you get to kind of create magic sometimes so I've been well, blessed. my tv shows the same way they make me look good every day don't there you they? go absolutely yep. same yeah so, so so when when you think about production you said a word three times that, that made me perk up and I don't really hear a sports guy say this word. You said story three oh, yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. That goes back to your film production days. Yeah. And Absolutely. people in the content business mm-hmm. forget yeah. that everything has to be a story. And Bar Rescue certainly is a story. Person in trouble. Absolutely. Struggles, resists change, mm-hmm. transforms, redeems, yep. hopefully happy ending or you bad hope. ending. Either way, but yeah. <laughs> it's a story. Absolutely. A- a- and so is what you do. So yeah. how do you extract a story yeah. from a sports situation like that? That's a great question. And and the truth is stories have been around forever. People told them around campfires and, yeah. and, and um, you know, there's fossils to, to show this. Like people love stories, whether it's putting my kids to bed at night, telling them a story or a song is a story. And, you know, in the end, it's it's very basic. You have your beginning, your middle and your end. When you write a film or do a TV show, reality TV is a little bit different, but you you want to pull the people in. You want an emotional response, and you want to have an arc where people grow and learn, and, and yep. hopefully by the end you feel something, right? I've learned something. I feel pain. I feel joy. Yep, you connect. You connect with people. That's That's everything. So in the sporting world, it's really different because there's natural drama. Like you go to a sporting event and it goes to double overtime and you're 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 sweating, you're excited, you're cheering, your voice is gone. But but what we do on the production end is you come up with a script, you prepare a, a nice event, an experience for these people, and and a reactionary experience. You hope. Well, the minute the puck drops or the ball tips off or the first mm-hmm. pitch happens, most of it goes out the door. Like you 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 planned for this great experience, but if opening night, October tenth, we scored. 75 goals in that first period. It was unbelievable. Like, you, Three in five minutes, right? You, you could, yeah, you, you can't write that. Like, that's right. ridiculous. So so in that sense, sports was on our favor. But you can have some emotional, uh, this guy's retiring and you have a ceremony. It's going to be this special night and your team gets, you know, destroyed, you know, 10 nothing in a baseball game. It's like but, the energy's not there. So, But I was there. Yeah. I was there October 10. I sure was. I've been at about 35, 40 games. You know that. You're an awesome fan. I'm a diehard season fan. We see all the time. I love it. (laughs) And you wonder how much better you made the team that night. I, I think and I know you're not going to take the credit and you're going to resist this, but there's an energy before mm-hmm. they come out on the ice mm-hmm. that makes them invincible. Yeah, for a brief moment, right? It does. Yeah. It, it puts a suit of armor on them yeah. almost. It yeah. makes them bigger than life, skater faster, you know, mm-hmm. hit harder. Uh, 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 it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, I really think, and I've been to hockey games all over the country yeah. and had Hawks fan, uh, season tickets when I lived in Chicago and Rangers great, in New York. Great hockey town. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and 
there is something about T-Mobile Arena that's mm. really special. And, you know, you start with telling a story about mm-hmm. the team on the mountaintop and them yeah. coming to Vegas. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a really an exciting thing if nobody's been to a game. Let's talk about the WWE for a minute. So oh, you get yeah. out of college. You go right into the Marlins. Yeah, right, sports. So yep. Right into film production, correct? Yeah, yeah sport, I mean, you call it sports production at that point, so it's a little less film, but you're making commercials. You're doing video skits. You're working with players. You're directing actors. You got promos. Promos, all of these things. And, PSIs, um, things like that, too. All, all of this, yep. yep, absolutely. You're doing the community outreach, and, yep. and you're, you're working with cameras, and like all the equipment you have in this awesome studio. Like, you've got all these toys to, again, help build the experience at these games. So um, Florida Marlins, I got to work with. Columbus Blue Jackets, I got to work with early wow. in their, in their uh, time in yeah. Columbus, which was really neat. Again, a non-traditional hockey town, so I got some really good experience there. Then I got to work with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, which was just... In a great sports town. Great So sports you went town. from really a, a, a town that wasn't a proven sports town mm-hmm. into Cleveland, one of the best in the country. Yeah. Big yeah. difference, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was, it was different. I mean, Columbus, Ohio, you got Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus, yep. so yep. they know know that sport really well and they there was a whole separate group that was almost almost the anti-ohio state who just loved uh, um the blue jackets which was cool but going up to cleveland this this blue collar hardworking city with some of the finest people in the world and but they haven't really won a lot they got really close for 50 years but they haven't really won a lot and then um being a part of that transition that lebron came and again he was the, the this incredible athlete this philanthropic guy who's giving back to his community yeah, bigger than life bigger than life just an incredible performer and so being around that level of greatness you know even even a little sense you know for what we did it was so much fun to collaborate with a guy like so, that so you got to see the Cavs before and after yeah i i got so there you his, saw the spark happen i it was unbelievable i got there his second year and I stayed there until he left first to go to Miami. So they had gotten to the finals. It was incredible. The city was on fire. But but then he left before they won anything. I had an incredible amount of insanely talented friends that are still there. Well, then he comes back. I had left for WWE. I don't sit still very well. The NBA was mm-hmm. going on a strike or lockout. I went to WWE, which was an incredible experience. But um, – all my friends stayed. He comes back. Every, the city, again, is on fire. They're so excited, and, and he, he brings them a title. And, yeah. and man, I mean, I, I was How crying. do you think they're feeling now? Uh, they've been through it before. Yeah. you got to be grateful for what you had. Right. Um, you know, and, and the true fans, you stick around. You do the best you can. I mean, that's a world-class organization with or without LeBron. Obviously, yeah. he brings in hundreds of millions of dollars just to the, the, the food and beverage industry, hotel, sure. hospitality. Sure. You know, people are coming from all over the world. But the Cavs were a successful team before him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and mean, in the 90s, after. they were incredible. And, and they will be. If you're, it's all about leadership, right? Yeah. If leadership is driven and focused and yeah. has strategy, like anything can be successful in any business. So you go from baseball? Yep, baseball. Into basketball? Base, baseball to hockey to basketball. To basketball. Now you're in wrestling. Woo! <laughs> See, now you, got, now you got a story to tell because oh, a man. lot of wrestling is so character-driven. It's, it's all that, John. You 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 couldn't it, – it is, it is the – just epitome of storytelling. Every single moment, every single element, every match, every hold, every yep. body slam, every promo when they get on the microphone and start yelling at the crowd, every single thing is a story. There's a reason behind why the character would turn his back. There's a reason behind why a, a character would say a certain thing to a crowd. It, it is unbelievable. The kind of teammate. And they're true to character. True to character. It, it's it's 
unbelievable to be there. I learned so much. And that's just that's this insane fraternity of storytellers, creatives, they, and they do it all over the world. Yeah. So, so you may do it in Newark. And then you may go to Mexico City, and then you may go to Tokyo, and then you may go to Cape Town, South. It's it's you're ever, and and all they're doing is telling stories, captivating, yeah. compelling stories, which transcends language, yeah. with especially with the physicality of what they do. Um, and it, it's incredible how we would cultivate a story in all these different cities for all these fans, and they're so good philanthropically. And again, yeah. I, I watched the uh, Puerto Rico episode. Um, uh, my God, you. that's. That's bigger than a TV show. Oh, that's you. I mean, that's it's I saw you were do that stuff. John. It's yeah. the best. And, and you know, we entertain and, and I always you talk about like brain surgeons and oh, they're saving lives. They're saving lives. We don't save lives. But, you know, there's a moment where you can enhance a life and you, and you go back to October 10th where city was in tough shape. And and it was it was a, a catastrophic moment. And, and, and for three hours, sports transcended. And gave everyone this this allowance to to be unified. Well, that's a powerful word, allowance. It, it, it well, and even it allowed us to. It allowed you to. And sp- this is where the sports gods were with us because even as we kind of did the initial ceremony, which we thought a lot about, we spent so much time and we didn't have a lot of time to do, but we just we just wanted to kind of put this thing together the right way for the city. It wasn't about hockey. It wasn't about us. It was all about Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. This is an 18,000 person group hug moment that they didn't have before they had a professional sports. I want to set the stage for this for the audience. So, so, So the massacre happens in Las Vegas. Those who live here, uh, this is a city of hospitality. We have no other industries. We're all about hospitality and hosting people. And when it happened to those of us who live here, it was like it happened in our living room with our own guests. It was devastating. The Las Vegas Golden Knights, before they even played their first game, put on their jerseys, went all over the city. People didn't even know what the heck the logo was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't even know what the Golden Knights was at the time. They went out there, toured the whole city. I made a few stops myself at the time, of course, in the hospitals and such, and uh, 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 connected with the city in a way that... I think empowered each of them in a very special way. It became more about hockey to them long before mm-hmm. they got on the ice at mm-hmm. T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. The city was devastated. There were people still in hospitals, people crying. I cannot express to you the, the depth of depression that was in the city of Las Vegas and anger. And we go to T-Mobile for the first home game for the first hockey team in a brand-new arena mm-hmm. with a brand-new team with brand-new players, and we're supposed to be happy. And there are people in a hospital, and we almost feel guilty going. We almost felt guilty. I mean, how do you cheer? How do you get excited? How do you have a good time after that? So we go to T-Mobile, and we put ourselves in the hands of Johnny Greco and his team. It, it was something. And what happened was truly remarkable. Tell the story of how you got there. How did you guys put that together so quickly and... and so, well, what Johnny did is he brought out first responders, yeah. did a very special ceremony with first responders and players. you got to remember, half the fans didn't even know the players yet. No, it didn't matter that it night. It didn't matter that night. Uh, uh, we had a, a, a very respectful, very powerful moment. There was not one person in that arena who was not hysterical crying, not mm-hmm. one. The hockey game starts. They drop the puck. In the first five minutes, we scored three goals, and we all went from crying to jumping up and down in a matter of minutes. And, Johnny, it was because you somehow 
through the storytelling, the production, lights, speakers, technology, costumes, fog. Through technology, you are able to let us allow ourselves. How did you come up with that? And did you know that's what you were doing at the time? There's a lot of people involved in that night. Uh, and you, you know how these, these events and productions come along. So I, um, I, was, I was one small part of an incredible... But did you use the word allowance? Was it, was it actually a conscious thought that we have to get this out of the way before we play hockey? Is there... Yeah. What we, what we knew we needed to do, um, and it was weird because obviously the, it happens October 1, and you're just instantly for us, you know... Uh, so so uh September we're we're just trying to get ready for October 10th. We were trying to right. we have a plan in place for a few months. We're rehearsing, we're trying to get ready to to release this team and and let the city be proud of something. And this is yours Vegas. This is all about this incredible city. We want to give you something to cheer. We don't know how good the team's going to be, but what we can control cuz we can't score the goals, we can't make yep. the saves. We can try to make it a party. We can try to make it a good time for you guys to come and be proud of something and if the hockey works out. Hey, that's fantastic. Um, and you got lucky as hell. Oh, hockey. it's it's okay to be better to be lucky than good. And um, that night, that, there were there were hockey gods involved that night. But but we yeah, instantly, you know, October second, we're like, okay, everything we had planned has to change. This is now all about Las Vegas. This is about healing Las Vegas. So it was a festival type of an opening, a party, and then it turned into more of a solemn. Opening. Yeah, we we were we were super lucky. We we got to work with locals, uh, Imagine Dragons, and yep. they allowed us to use a track of theirs that just completely depicts what that felt like called warriors yep, yep. um i invite everyone we to are the warriors it's amazing I can and it picture talks the video. about building this town and um every time i see that video i cry still um and we were two days after this shooting we were we were doing video shooting with guys who had bullet holes in their necks yeah. standing there strong and proud saying i am vegas strong, strong. And so we had to put our producing caps on, and we, in a way, weren't allowed to feel. Like, we couldn't go through this cathartic need that everybody had. So we were, we were just trying to create this incredible video, which we were really proud of, to celebrate and have a not a somber night. It, there was a lot of sadness, and, it, and there should have been, and we understand. But it was time to be a little more ceremonial memorialize and celebrate the strength of the community, celebrate the strength of this town, its first responders, all of the heroes that were here. So when we were talking about traditionally for an opening night, you introduce every single player on the team. Mm -hmm. Hey, Vegas, here's your team. Yep. Some people introducing them for the first time. We said, no, no, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to bring out Marc-Andre Fleury. We're going to bring out private staff sergeant or ER nurse, you know, Beverly McClintock, Escorted yep. by Mark. So we great. made them the heroes. They, they made themselves the heroes. But that night we made sure to celebrate Vegas's heroes as heroes as they deserved. And it was ceremonious and it was beautiful and it was uplifting. And the city just got behind it. It was all about them. We just, it was objective in, in our eyes as far as how we had to handle that. Um, but, but again, Johnny, the, we, we walked in guilty. Absolutely. And sad. Absolutely. And Why we, am I celebrating this? Why am I having a good time? And we walked out. Happy and proud. Yeah, hockey gods help though. <laughs> like, yes. So we did. Oh, we yeah. did that pregame ceremony. The game starts, and you're just like, if we lose like five nothing, this is not going to be great. I said, if we win one game this season for this city, please make, make it, it be that be tonight. One. And boy, was it! It was unbelievable. And and so the moment. So even during that ceremony, I, I was talking about this recently. It felt like we can't party. We can't. We can't have it because you're still thinking about what happened. And really, the truth is. If you had any apprehension of like standing up and dancing and having a good time, 
there is nothing that will make you go crazy like a goal. goal in that hockey. goal horn goes eh. off, and it's so loud, and the place is shaking, and the oh, song yeah. is right. It's like even if you had some trepidation to like having fun at this point, which I would understand if you did. You can't not go crazy when a goal scores, and then there, Johnny, like you said, three. I got a red light in my house. <laughs> Hooked up on the internet, and every time the Knights score a goal anywhere in the country, eh, the light goes off and it rings. It scares the hell out of me. But, but that, that's how exciting that sound it's is. Is nothing like it. So, so where were you before the Knights? Uh, before the Knights, we were living in Cleveland, but I would travel with WWE. So I would travel literally all over the world, uh, creating shows and being and a part of the live event team. Did you know you wanted to go back into hockey or? No, you know, this this experience was unique because I had gotten away from sports. It, sports were so good to my family, and I, yeah. my wife's also a producer. Yep. She's worked for the L.A. Kings, Utah Jazz, Cavs. And, um, you know, we, we just we fell in love doing this. We, we had a great run doing this. And then it was time we had our babies, and it was like, let's, let's transition out. I'm going to get a little more into the entertainment versus just the sports entertainment. And um, – Kerry Bubles, who's the team president, incredible human being. He's our leader, and he, and he was like, hey, I'm coming to Vegas. You want to be a part of this? He had worked at the Cavs and the Monsters in Cleveland, and he reached out to me, and I was like, this is an unprecedented opportunity. So, so wait a second, but it's also a big risk. It's a huge risk. You're going to a market, because I always got a kick out of this. Hockey's not going to succeed. Hockey yeah. in the desert, desert. We're crazy. Yep. We're not going to sell tickets. Yeah. Who's going to want to play there? Yeah. I mean, they said everything bad that they could say. Yeah. So you hear all that stuff. Sure. It's a new expansion team. Yeah. It's owned by a guy in a wine business, yeah. right, who really doesn't have much of a sports background, per se. Yeah, he appreciates sports, but he hadn't been into sports until That's then. correct. Great guy. Yeah, absolutely. But, but a new venture for him. Mm-hmm. All of it is new. Yeah. All of it is risky. Yeah. Boy, and you're sitting in a good job. You're traveling. Oh, yeah. You're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Working for a great brand. Mm-hmm. Tough choice. I thought I fast forwarded a year if I took the job or if I didn't take the job and the idea of taking the job terrified me and was exhilarating and hopeful and 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 it just seemed like I I would be more upset if I didn't try. I would rather try and fail than than just be like, "Oh, I should have given it a shot." Right? So um, when, when, when I had talked to Carrie, I had met with, with Mr. Foley, with Bill, um, we had really great meetings and it was like, this is, I, I kind of have to do this. I'm, I'm here for a reason. Like this entertainment town, this bar is set so high. I, I do have some experience in sports, which is yep. cool. But then the entertainment side, which this is an entertainment showbiz town. We got a high bar here. It's unbelievable. So again, it was equally terrifying and, and really exciting for me, which is probably the right ratio, probably yeah. for you as well. When you go into, what'd your wife say when you told her about she's it? She's incredible. She's she, so supportive. She knows. So so she said right room. away, do uh, it, Johnny. Yeah. She goes, she goes, if this matters to you and this is important to you, like we'll make it happen. If we're together, we can do anything. And she's right. we're hopeless romantics. So I'm like, let's do it, honey. You know? And you both love the business. So love that, that love the business, too. respect the business, love Carrie. Um and and honestly, after October one, fell in love with this city like we never could even imagine. So well, that it, was my it, that we was the next thing I went to. So, so so you take a job with a new team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. in a great arena, new arena. Yep, yep. It was a, yeah. You pack your bags in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You moved to Vegas. Yeah. How long before the first game did you move to Vegas? Uh, we started, like, I think the first day was mid-April, April 17th. So, so six months or so before yeah, the season starts? Yeah, a little less, yeah, yeah. A lot of work. You didn't even have a logo yet. 
yeah, the lo- all of that was coming together. The logo, right. the jerseys, the, the the staff, the organization. You didn't even know it was the Golden Knights yet, if I'm not mistaken. The name had just the name had come out a, a couple months before that, but it, again, it wasn't a household name. Like you live in Vegas, you yeah. drive around now, and to see you talk about writing a book on, oh, on how to nice grow logo a business, on every car in the every city, every single car. Yeah, and they, a, a year ago, I don't know if that that well, I know that wasn't the case. It's, it, it's so you moved to Vegas, yeah. in April with your wife, yep, wife and two kids, yeah. How old are you, kids? Goldie, that's my daughter's name, yeah, ironic. Yeah. Uh, she's seven, and then Marlon's my son, he's five. Okay, so, yep. so the, the VP of entertainment production for the Golden Knights' daughter is named... Goldie. Goldie. How perfect is that? I think there's some connection here. <laughs> I have a golden retriever. I got, yeah, there's a whole wow, bunch so of it's worth- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you move to Vegas. You know, yeah. people don't understand Las Vegas sometimes. No, oh no, so... And, and you know, they picture the strip in blinking lights. That's it, right? What do you think about Las Vegas? I was one of those people. Like, there's a beautiful stereotype. You go to the Strip, you come out for three days, you have a blast, you have the best food, the best shows, the best entertainment. The minute you step off the Strip and you start to see, wow, this city has tremendous heart, and the city has communities, and yeah. the city has beautiful mountains and outdoors, and, and it has Target, and it has all the things all cities have, but but that's not what generally people come into a hospitality kind of environment for. So, um, you know, we came in and instantly our eyes were open to, like, Again, the heart of this city. It was yeah, I've been here six years. I love this town. It's great. I would never leave this city it's for great. anything. It's easy. It's accessible all across. People yeah. love coming to this city. The weather's obviously incredible. Yep. Um, great city. So, so when you left Cleveland to come to Vegas, uh, obviously there was no hesitation on your part. And you know th- th- that's something to be said because you know it's interesting when you look at life, mm-hmm. and you look back over five years. We don't regret the things we did. We only regret the things we didn't yeah, do. Yeah, I've heard you say that a lot, and I agree. <laughs> it's I agree really so true. Much. And yeah. you would always say, "What would have happened if? Yeah. What would have happened if?" Yeah. So you bet on yourself in life, Johnny. That's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. We bet. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm betting on myself right now. Yeah. I'm hoping people are going to listen to this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and, and we bet on ourselves, and then you know we don't say no to that step forward. Right. It's, it's often and terrifying. It, it's terrifying, but you literally mm-hmm. got the gold, so to speak. I mean, so so now you come out here, you finish a season, mm-hmm. you win a bunch of awards out here. Yeah, we were lucky. Yeah, that was cool. You make it incredible. to the Stanley Cup. One of my greatest nights was I, I did NHL live outside of T-Mobile. And the place awesome. was packed. It was hopping. And, and I wanted to get my digs because you know I was a little pissed off that they had said hockey won't work. You know, hockey in the desert. Got to throw it back. And they at sort them, of right? laughed at us a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're sitting out there and it's an open stage and there's yep. seven thousand people behind us. Yep. And I said, gentlemen, this is hockey in the desert. Amen. Yeah. And, and it was. But uh, uh, how does it feel to be so victorious uh, uh, and so gain the respect? Of, of a league when they laughed at us in the beginning. I mean, the turnaround is unbelievable. You know, as uh, there were definitely supporters. Um, obviously, the the sometimes the the loud ones are the ones that get written about and tweeted about, yep. and you hear, "Oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work." Yep. And they're going off of kind of the the coyotes and 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 this is a different city and people didn't give i think vegas enough credit um and again so much of this is driven by the performance on the ice like i've worked for last place teams and people aren't asking for podcasts to the guy that works on the last place team and he might be more talented or more creative but it's just not the way it works so it's all about this ridiculous timing where it all comes together but for vegas again you've been here long enough this city's incredible and they got a gift they got a gift of the most unprecedented season of all time in any sport uh it was an incredible ride 
that people got an allowance to celebrate and have fun and cheer for their team and proudly wear their logo before they even knew what icing was. They, yeah. they had a logo on their shirt. And they're like, oh, oh go yeah. Knights, you know, and that was cool. They didn't even know what the Stanley Cup was, I don't think. No, no. Yeah. I, be, I bet a lot didn't. And, and by the end of the year, I promise you, they did. The, the, the hockey did, knowledge is high in this town. It's unbelievable. Where did you interview? As far as for the, the Golden Knights, when you came oh, for your job interview, in, where'd you come? So we used to have a space. Um, it was it was kind of Fidelity's uh, location. It was an off. It was about 10 so you here in Vegas. It was here in Vegas. And, and who was your first interview with? Uh, well, I met with Kerry um, mm-hmm. Bubbles and talked with him, and, and we chatted and talked about this. And we had we had a we had a past, we had a history, and it was a real good one. And he loves the entertainment and the game operations, and and it was you know we just needed to talk about like philosophically are we in the same yeah. spot? And he, he loved it and was really excited. And then I met with with Bill Foley, which yeah. was incredible. Incredible. Um, a man with a vision. Um, so did he hire you on the spot or did he say I'd call you? Uh, you know what? It's funny to even go back to that. I think I think it was more like hopefully he likes me and hopefully I can present a, a vision that he's like, yeah, that's cool. That works. And, and So when you walked out of the interview, wa- how'd you I, feel? I walked out and I'm like, I'm not sure how that went. Like, I feel like I did a nice job, but he's he's intense and he's so smart. And I could tell he's just studying and he wants and he presented his vision of what he wanted. And I'm like, OK. That's incredible. We can, we can do something really cool. Again, bright lights, big city, and and um, I talked to Carrie shortly after, and it, you know they, they presented the offer, which was just wow. Incredible. So it happened pretty quick. I yeah, can see why after yeah. meeting you. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I got a story I've never told anyone that I got to tell you, which oh, is similar to that experience. Yeah. Years ago, I licensed the brand TV Land from MTV Networks, and I licensed eighty eight television shows. And I was going to make a restaurant called TV Land that had, you know, Frasier and the Love Boat bouncing around and all of these TV images and it Get Smart coming up and down phone booths and Laverne and Shirley's glove going by and all these old TV images and stuff nice. with a retail store and everything. Similar to a rainforest cafe, but mm-hmm. themed television. And it didn't happen. We raised the capital and I put together the license and 9-11 happened. So mm-hmm. we never built it, which was a shame because I lost a lot of money and a lot mm-hmm. of time on it. But when we were creating TV Land, I was licensing 88 television shows. And Paramount had never licensed anyone 88 television shows. So they told me that to get this license approved, I had to go meet the president of Paramount, a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Dolgen. So I go go to Paramount. I drive through the gates. A little yeah, intimidating. Pretty intimidating. Yeah. They take me to, to Jonathan Dolgen's office. I walk into Jonathan Dolgen's office, and Jack Lemon is walking oh, down the hall. Oh. I go into his office, and his receptionist, his assistant, is in a little outside area, and she says, you have 20 minutes with Mr. Dolgen. I walk, and I have boards under my arms of the creative sure. of what I want to do with his TV show sure. so he understands where I'm going. Yeah. I walk into his office. It's a cloud of smoke. You're not allowed to smoke in California. Yeah, got the when cigar he talks to you, No, cigarettes. When he talks, okay. he's blowing the smoke in your face. He's a complete, and I'm sorry, Jonathan, he's a complete dick. So I go into his office, and the first thing he says to me, so you want to be a director? So I say, well, really, Mr. Dolgen, I think you're going to want me to direct for you, and you see what I got. So let me see. So I take, he sits down on a couch in front of his desk, and I'm in a chair across from him. And there's a chair next to me, and I'm putting the boards on the chair, and they keep falling off the Ugh. chair. Johnny, it's a freaking disaster. Yeah, that's so tough. I'm stumbling. The boards are now out of order. It's a complete mess. And Dolgen <laughs> is sitting there. <laughs> but he's starting to like me. I can see it. Yeah. So he goes up to his desk, and he grabs a little leather-like bean bag, like a paperweight. Yeah. Flings it across to me nastily and says, here, use this to hold your boards. So I put the weight on the bottom of the boards. They don't slide off the chair anymore. And now I'm going through what I'm going to do with Cheers and what I'm going to do with Get Smart and what I'm going to do with Twilight Zone. I'm going through all the discussions. 
And he's starting to like me, and he's shaking his head, and he's talking to me. Smoke's clearing. Oh, yeah. Now an hour and a half later, oh, I'm still in his on. office. Wow. We get up to leave. I hand him his bean bag. I pick up my boards. He walks me to the door with his hand on my shoulder. Wow. And as he walks me to the door, he takes that leather bean bag, and he drops it in the pocket of my sport jacket, the outside pocket. And the minute I felt that bag hit my pocket, I knew I had Paramount. That's it. That's and awesome. he didn't say it to me, but he said, here, you might need this, this again. beautiful metaphor. It was. And oh, he dropped it. that. And that bag is sitting on my desk right now on the other side of this reminder, hallway. Yeah. And I look at it all the time because he was such a dick. Yeah. And he so tried to intimidate yeah. me. And he was above me looking down at me yeah. in the cloud. Classic mogul. Yeah, that's. You know, intimidate like the shit out of Hollywood your situation. Hollywood 101, right. And, and it was a really powerful thing for me. And I realized then, you know what? They got nothing on me. I'm 30 years younger than him and in the same room. Doesn't that put me 30 years ahead of him? Yeah, there you go. That's a good perspective. I love it. So I, I have, I've never told that story. I've That's never great. mentioned TV land before. Yeah. But I'm guessing when you meet a guy like Mr. Foley, yeah. who is a legend yep. in the wine and beverage industry, yeah, and, and, and God knows how much money and success he's had over the years. Smart, and good that he's done. Smart man. Absolutely. Is it intimidating when you walk in? And did you know what you wanted to say in an interview before you did? You know, you, you want to go in and just present yourself like with who you are and you want to be genuine and authentic and real and, and you hope you get an opportunity to, to showcase that. And then if they like you or, or jives, awesome. If they don't, you have to be okay with that not working because you were true to yourself yeah. because then, you know, you, you would have excuses, not no excuse. You'd have excuses like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And you don't ever want to just be that way. You want to be as real as you can so you can... Just remember who you are and, and uh, you know, you, you always want to do a great job. I want to do a great job by Kerry because I respected him so much. I wanted Bill to like me, obviously. Yep. And, and there was no smoke or any of the intimidation <laughs> factors. But, you know, he's got a presence about him, right? Like he's oh, this yeah. incredibly he's powerful, talented man. So so you go in and you just you do the best you can and you um, – and you just kind of smile and present yourself with love and, and appreciation for what you have. I, I, I'll say this. The, the the one that I was also intimidated, like really intimidated with, at WWE, I got to interview with Stephanie McMahon, Oof. Vince McMahon's daughter, and she's incredibly talented, so smart. And Dynamic then, then as hell, too. Dyna right? She can do everything. Great mom. like, yep. And then her husband, Triple H, <laughs> who's one of the Shh. most iconic ever, you know, superstars of all time, and he's the CEO now. They're Very so good. ingrained in that business, but... But again, at the core of who these people are, they're incredible, kind, loving people who happen to be insanely talented, have used their resources well, have led people the right way. There's consistencies in greatness. You know this. Yep. I mean, you've been so successful because you stay true to what's important to you. But that that's the key word. See, when I do an interview, I want you to be authentic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what really gets me is when you see the, the BS in a resume, you know, yeah. coordinated. The, yeah. you know, he's, he had an entry-level position, but yet he's coordinating the corporate strategy of the company. <laughs> right. you know, and, and you look at, and you see the lack of authenticity right mm -hmm. on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that the greatest asset anybody brings to a business is themselves, their personality, their being, their energy, yeah, energy their commitment. Yeah. Big time. And, and filmmaking is a... a is a talent, but it's also a skill. Oh, yeah. And you sit in front of boards and you edit mm -hmm. and you tell stories and you get better at it like any other skill. Absolutely. But character, energy, mm -hmm. integrity, mm -hmm. desire to do better, pushing yourself. It's transcendent. That's everything. Bingo. Yeah. So, you know, show me the guy 
who has a personality profile like you who has half your experience, and I'll probably hire him. <laughs> Show me a guy with uh, twice your experience and half your personality profile, and I probably wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I like so, – yeah, you hire attitude, not always aptitude, right? Like, yes, and you can train – you can train skills. I can teach you how to plug in this microphone or run this camera. I can't teach you not to be a good dude. <laughs> like, oh, like yeah. if, if you're if you're a, a jerk, like I can't fix that. You know, like I can work with attitude. You can here's do anything. I, with here's attitude. what I teach in seminars because I do a lot of corporate seminars and programs. Mm-hmm. Did one sure. for the New York Yankees mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago. You know, what's the difference between teaching and training? So the difference is training is behavior modification. So if I met you and you're the kind of guy who never looks in my eyes when Mm -hmm. you talk to me, Mm -hmm. stares at my forehead, blah, 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 I can't change that. Right, right. So I can't train you to be different. All I can do is teach you how to work in my business. Okay. Training is behavior modification. Yeah. Training takes years. That's why we have prisons. Or we say, don't do that. We send you back out in the street again. So every training manual in the world is wrong. It should be a teaching manual. Mm. Whenever any corporation says, I'm going to train you, Johnny, Mm. they're not training your facial expressions, your mannerisms, your community. They're teaching you how to work in their business. So... Teaching and training is a big thing. I learned years ago, I can't train anybody. I can only teach. Mm. So I better hire the right personality, yeah. the right energy, the right integrity. Absolutely. Because the rest of it we can pull off. You can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I use the term coach more than anything or lead, but it's the same idea. Like, I want to motivate you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Because if you're a rock star, that makes me look good, but it makes your teammates look good, and, and the rising tide raises all ships. So we're all going to do okay, you know, if you do that. So it's, it's important. There was a book written by Herman Hess. I believe it was Sid Arthur was the book. And it was a story of an artist who at a very young age, at like 14, 15 years old, he painted this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he could never paint anything better than that ever again. Uh, he peaked. And his life was miserable for the rest mm. of his life. And I forget how it ended sounds like a tragedy. <laughs> it, it, it was, actually. Yeah. But you've come off the greatest season, maybe from an energy, entertainment, dynamic, in the arena. Go nuts. You know, it, it, I can't imagine it gets any better than what you've done last year. How do you walk into the next year? I mean, you think about a Roger Maris. I'm just going to after 61 home runs, yeah. what does he do the next yeah. year? He broke the record. What happens now? What do you do then? It's the hangover. It is the hangover. It happens to all the Super Bowl teams. It's, it's a very common thing. So now the bar was high because you came to Vegas. Mm. You raised the bar big time. Thanks. What do you do now? And I don't want you to let out the secrets because yeah. I'm sure you got uh, some. The, we got to quit but, a few things. But have you guys actually sat and said to yourself, you know, oh, shit. How do we outdo what we did <laughs> we last said year? said that exact thing, yes. Um, you, you know, it, it's nice. A lot of people and the colleagues and these inspiring, you know, people that work with other sports teams are all like, oh, what a great year. Congratulations. You worked really hard. Now what? That's, right. that's the next thing. So um, we've, we've had a lot of now what's uh, all summer long. And, and you know what? It's, it comes back to what we started talking about, story, yeah. your narrative. If, if you tell an authentic story, you can have all the glitz and glam and lights and pyro and smoke. You could spend a ton of money, but if at the core the story doesn't have heart, no one cares. So, yeah. so whether it's film or, or event production or, or wrestling, sports entertainment, you, you have to have a story that people care about. And don't get muddied with all the, the noise and the attention and the bright, bright lights. That's not what's going to carry you. So, so you, you go back to what was important at the very beginning. You, you, just, you stick with your core 
uh, the mantra that you have, you, you, you trust your people, you create as well as you can. And you, you keep your fingers crossed that the sport on the ice is great because, right. again, that can change. Like, that's something we, we can't score the goals. So we do the best we can to create home ice advantage. You do the best you can to get the crowd as jacked up as possible so when those guys take the ice, they can feel the energy. And it's transferable. Energy is a beautiful, beautiful thing. you still have a fun time and lose. Abs- I mean, I'm, I've done a lot of that in my career. And it's great to do. It, it, you can sometimes have more fun when you're losing because it's just you're like, all right, we're, we're not going to win this game. So let's wh- time for YMCA, everybody. Let's do it. You know, and everyone's going to get up and dance. So it's important to feel the crowd. I have two greatest moments in my life. Hmm. And uh, um, it's interesting. It isn't TV. You'd think about a premiere of my TV uh, show would, yeah. or, you know, 100 episodes, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, not really. Uh, 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 and I'll tell you what they are in a second. But you've been through an amazing journey this year. Mm-hmm. Relocation, new friends, new place, you yeah. know, new team, uh, 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 the tragedy. Mm-hmm. What was your greatest moment? Uh, that's, um, the thing we all talked about is obviously the Golden Knights had a historic run. You get to the Stanley Cup final. There's a chance to be a first-year team that wins this this prestigious, beautiful, the haunting trip. championships there are. Hard, yeah, the playoff. The, what you have to do to get to that point is amazing. Yep. But uh, as, as we were going through this Cinderella story... The whole time I was like, no matter what happens there, if we if we're having a parade downtown in Vegas and everybody's part, nothing will be more important than October tenth. Getting that right, that will, they'll a piece of our heart will forever be there. Will forever. That's the the day we fell in love with the city. That's the day probably a lot of people fell in love with the team. Um, we just it was so much bigger than sports or TV or fi- it was just this collective energy this this big group hug this allowance this shared experience that is is what the beauty of sports really represents and when we look back twenty years from now may may all of these incredible artists and performers we get to work with here in Vegas um, do these incredible things but I I I don't know if they'll ever do something that important again and and we yeah. we hold that near and dear and we honor that and. Um, that was that was that was the one we had to get right, and I'm really proud of of the you reaction did. people had. Yeah, you did, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And you know that because I'm sure you've been told that by the city a hundred times. To me, the greatest moment, you know, I opened up a nightclub many years ago. We did six hundred fifty thousand dollars our first week open, and I mean, counting the money was fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But but the greatest moment ever, I, I had an, an, and I'll show you too. <clears throat> I opened the nightclub. For a gentleman named Leon Altimos in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, called Pulsations. And Pulsations had a 27-foot spaceship that flew into a, into the, uh, a room, opened up a door, and dropped a $400,000 robot, robot on the dance floor. And the robot looked like an alien. And the robot was used in Rocky IV. In fact, some of the robot oh, was used in Rocky I remember IV. that, yeah. A- and uh, uh, when the spaceship opened and the robot came down to a 4000 people this place was 60,000 square feet 4000 people the robot comes out there's a circle and he goes wow check this place out and i realized that not only i but my entire staff was crying mm. the tears were rolling down our faces and i realized i'm not the most religious guy in the world i can be a little spiritual i know where i came from oh, yeah, yeah but but that was the most powerful spiritual moment of my life mm. this room was touched by these light stainless steel wires and speakers, mm-hmm. unlike anything I've ever seen. I've never had a greater moment, and I'm guessing those moments in T-Mobile, mm-hmm. when the film ends, mm-hmm. something happens, mm-hmm. and that crowd is uplifting. 
are some of your greatest moments. It's it's incredible. There was it's always it's always about the reaction of the crowd. Like we put, it always comes from them, it, not you. It, yeah, it's it's we do our best to tell a good story, whether it's a thirty second PSA or a video or or an elaborate show open with with archers and catapults and all the the craziness that we're allowed to do there. Um, but if if the crowd doesn't react and they don't love it, and and again, it's the hair on your neck test. If 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 at the end of that moment when we go house black and the crowd roars and the hair on their neck is standing like okay cool we did it did now it. it may not be technically the best and and <laughs> never read Doesn't the com- matter. never read the comments but if you read the comments be oh it's corny and it's this it's like you know what it's vegas it we we owned the city we did something that honored them and if you're in that arena like you said you're in the fortress you feel that palpable energy from the city who is beaming with pride and if we can enhance that a little bit and get them a little louder and give them a little bit more of a good time Man, we're doing a good job, and I'm proud of it, really proud of this team. So you are a great example for somebody who wants to go into a creative business, energize it, <laughs> raise the envelope, if you will, mm-hmm. right? raise the bar a little bit. And did you envision this is, as your future years ago? No, I, I I always thought I'd want to be making movies, right? Like if once my NBA dreams of playing with Michael Jordan faded yeah. <laughs> in seventh grade, I, uh, I realized uh, – Movies would be cool. And my parents always supported me so much to just yeah. do things that weren't the norm. But they're like, no, no, if you guys, if you, if you can swim, we'll never let you sink. Just stay afloat. They always said that. So creatively, uh, that was something that always, I had a, I had a backing, right? And that was super important. So I could take risks. I could try new things. And um, I, I thought I was going to get in kind of mo- more of the movie world. And then I realized, like, it's experience. It's it's creating memories it's sharing your energy and enthusiasm in a way um, that cultivates something for other people to enjoy Mm -hmm. Um, it's celebrating sports it's celebrating the the eight-year-old who's coming to their first game ever and um, it's you know it's remembering where you came from and again it all comes down to a good story being authentic to who you are and um, and having a great time while you do it I've heard you say this a lot it's like if I wasn't getting paid I'd still do the things I I do and if you have that passion and you have that much heart in what you're doing it can't be wrong you know no, it, it gets hard be. but it can't be wrong well then you're in the right place aren't you mm, absolutely you're where you belong yeah so you know there's a lesson in this you know you pick one direction john lennon once said life mm-hmm. is what happens when you make other plans mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so you know we got to be open to those opportunities yeah. and we got to not be scared to jump yep because stepping back is easy mm-hmm. stepping forward is the challenge absolutely. and if you step up you can always step back I like that. Yeah, you're right. 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 And, and, but but if you don't step up, stepping back will kill you. <laughs> it could, yes. Yeah, it really will. You know, Johnny, I am a huge Knights fan. I love hockey. But you have made a connection for me with this team. I just want you to realize how powerful your work has been. Creativity is a powerful thing when it connects with people. It can change the way they feel about themselves. It can change the way they feel about others. It can inspire them. It can change their behavior. It can make them look up to something, aspire to be something. Fact of the matter is, a great entertainment, great communications makes us all better. Mm -hmm. You found a way to make us better while we watched hockey. Your work is very deep, Johnny. I have huge respect for you, buddy. It's been a pleasure to have you here. I, I sincerely appreciate it, and again... Hell of a team back there working so hard, so creative, and and the fact that there's passionate fans like you all over this town, it's it inspires us for the what's next. 
We'll, we'll get something for you. We'll get to give you something, John. We'll work on it. I promise, brother. I can't wait because we're only, what, five weeks oh, away? Oh, it's, it's soon. We're close. October 4th, opening night. Ah, thank you, buddy. I will see you at T-Mobile. I'll see you there. For game one. All right. And, and you know, there's a great lesson in this. Guys, you've got to live your dream. You've got to be excited by what you do. I'm sitting across from a guy who is just thrilled. He's wearing his night shirt, his night's hat. He probably has night's underwear on under his jeans. But when we're excited, it shows. If we do things that don't excite us, that shows too. So let's focus on what makes us happy. Let's focus on what energizes us. Because when we do what we love, that's when we win. And we're taking a quick pause for thanks to our sponsor. Support for No Excuses comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you'll ever make. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found the one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash taffer. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Shut it down! I always say that the next part of the show is Shut my favorite. And because I'm always so excited about the next thing I'm going to do. But honestly, talking to you is my favorite part of the show. And I know we have some great callers today. So, KC, you got a few good ones for us? I do, John. We've got uh, Scott Cooper from Washington, who is a huge Bar Rescue fan. And he has some of the most intricate questions for you. Scott, you there on the line? I'm here. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Uh, yeah, John. Three quick questions. How do you get contractors and vendors to cooperate on short notice? How do you get the health departments and inspectors to cooperate? And why are revenues not up as great as I would think after six weeks, 30% on most of them, and only 10% on airliners? Yeah, that, that Three great questions, Scott. Let me answer each one. You know, when we do Bar Rescue, they, they, uh, uh, the building departments in the local cities know who we are. And they provide us with some latitude in licensing. We don't typically, now we do sometimes, but typically we don't move plumbing, we don't move electrical panels, and we don't do structural things. Uh, uh, so it's not required for us to get very deep permitting. Uh, uh, so that's how we get our permits and our licensing quickly uh, uh, by uh, uh, limiting uh, uh, our engineering and working with the cities. Contractors are a whole different deal. You know, when you're on TV, it's amazing what people will do to be on television sometimes. Uh, also, uh, uh, I travel with a crew of 57. Uh, four trucks. Bar Rescue is a big crew. I have all my own carpenters, all my own designers. I have a lot of my own laborers that travel with us. We set up tents with all of the tools and millwork and all the equipment that we need to build on site. Uh, in, in our traveling tents. We only typically use painting contractors, sometimes a flooring contractor, occasionally a plumber or an electrician. But most of the work that you see is done by my team. So uh, there's your explanation on city and construction. 
As far as the numbers are concerned, keep in mind that, that it takes us about 10 weeks to air an episode of Bar Rescue from when we make it to when it airs. We do the update in about four to five weeks. Sometimes we do the update in three weeks because we're still in that city and we call in. Keep in mind, they haven't been on television. Most of these people don't have any money, so they're not doing any marketing, Scott. So really, I'm remodeling the place. I'm putting a new sign up. I'm revealing it to about two or 300 people, and then I'm leaving. They don't have the dollars to market it. Uh, uh, they don't have the promotion dollars to run. So they sit and they wait for it to come on television. So during those few weeks, sometimes they struggle until it comes on the TV. We do give them manuals and promotions and marketing. But, Scott, honestly, uh, if these people marketed or promoted well, I probably wouldn't have been there in the first place. So there you have it. They haven't been on television yet. They've only been open a few weeks. And most of them haven't done any formal type of a grand opening. What do you think? That's great. And so do they recover a lot after they air? Yeah, they do. Once they're on national TV, you know, they, they, they tend to explode a lot more. And then, you know, you look at certain ones like characters, uh, spirits on bourbon. The operators that take what I do and then run with it, market, promote, get excited, launch it, they're the ones that do well. The ones that wait for me to leave and then just stand there and cross their arms and wait for it to happen are the ones that typically fail. It's like anything else, Scott. you got to make it happen, buddy, you know? Yep. Thanks. My pleasure. Nice to talk to you, man. Thank you. Good questions. All right, John. All right. Let's go over to Alex. He's a new podcast listener from Vancouver, British Columbia, who has a question for you about managing multiple roles at the same time. Aha. Uh -huh. How you doing? Great. How are you, John? Good guy. Nice to talk to you, buddy. So you're up in you BC. You know, it's interesting. I used to go up to Prince George all the time, and I had a piece of a nightclub up in Prince George, and I used to go up there pretty often, and uh, 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 not exactly a... a a huge metropolis up there, but uh, the lumber mills used to be up there. We used to spend a good amount of time up there. It's a beautiful country, and I owned a nightclub up there. We did pretty well for a number of years. That's what do you got great. to talk um, about, buddy? My question has to do with managing multiple things at the same time. You seem to be an expert in this type of field. You're, you know, you're in New York with the Yankees. You're traveling across the U.S. Um, doing bar rescue. Um, how do you maintain such a high degree of success in everything that you do? Well, I'm not sure I'm successful in everything that I do. You know, there are things that I do that, that don't attain, you know, what I had hoped for. I take a look at, at, at each project or, or initiative that I have as a ball on my desk. So I right now have about eight balls on my desk. Every day I have to move every ball. That's just the way it works. I, if I don't move every ball every day, I can't live with myself. It's just a trait that I have. So it might be one phone call for a status report. How are we doing with this? How are we doing with that? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? Every day I move every ball. And it takes a, a real discipline to do it because I'm not good at doing five things at once. So I have to do one for a little while, then move to the other for a little while, then move to the other for a little while, which means I got to touch all eight of them every day. And, and it's a trait. You just have to be angry at yourself when it doesn't happen. Right. So it's not necessarily multitasking. It's uh, making sure that you're touching every single one of those balls at least once a day. Yeah, like right now I'm writing a, a, a study, a market plan for a company, and, and it's sitting on my desk right now, and I just walked away from it to come here and do, the, and do my podcast. I am living this right now. So for the next four or five hours, it's all I'm going to think about. I'm not multitasking at all. I'm thinking about it deeply, digesting it, redigesting it, rethinking it, reworking it. I think that multitasking is a mistake. I think that multitasking means that you're diluting your brain to do five things at once rather than one. I'd rather you do one thing at a time 
five different times than five things at a time at once. That works better for me. Great. Take care, buddy. Great. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's, uh, we're rolling through them. I like rolling through things. <laughs> See, we're moving one of the balls, Casey. Isn't that what it's all about, buddy? Now, was that was that ball number one or two? or you, Which, which uh, one of eight was that? Casey, you're always ball number one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, let's go over to Washington State. Funny thing State. is, those of you listening to us right now uh, 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 would probably believe that, but it's true. You know, all <laughs> this comes together because Casey does a great job. No, thank you, Who's John. next, buddy? Thank you. We've got Andreas from Washington State who is a boxer and also wants to start a new snow shoveling business and needs some uh, entrepreneurial advice. Sure, Andreas. A good place for hey, snow, hi. buddy. <laughs> How are you doing over there, John? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, oh, it's great to have you, I'm buddy. Huge, How can I help you? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your, of yours. I love the message that you give out every day, helping everyday people. And um, you're really one of my biggest role models in life. And I just want to thank you for having me on the show, first and foremost. Uh, you're welcome, buddy. I appreciate everything that you said. And, you know, talking uh, uh, like this t- to people like you means a lot to me. So so uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, so um, as um, – I do a lot of stuff. I'm a professional boxer. I'm fighting in two weeks in Tacoma, and um, I'm working out here right now, and I have a business idea. Um, basically, I want to branch myself out from my professional boxing because that's a hard sport that I don't want to be doing forever. So I want to start an own co- my own company called Knockout Removal. It's like a demolition kind of company, but I also <laughs> want to have, like, snow plowing and things like that. But the name kind of came from that boxing stuff. But my main question is kind of like just because I know there's a lot of paperwork involved. I know insurance can be pricey. I mean, an application is only like 25 bucks. But I'm really kind of unsure how to go about it the easiest way I can to start. I mean, I had been getting some side jobs on the side, like removing carpet and whatnot. And I'm not trying to limit myself. And I'm using my boxing and everything that I do to try to brand myself and you know, go for it from there. So I, I feel like I have a good idea, but I, I'm... I'm struggling with just kind of like the paperwork and going about it, and I could really use some advice. All right, buddy. First of all, I got to tell you, years ago, I used to run Grossinger's, which is a resort in the Catskill Mountains. And I'm going to show my age a little bit. Michael Spinks, uh, Kenny Norton, all these boxers used to actually mm-hmm. train there. And we'd have them come yeah. for 13, 14 weeks with their whole entourage, and they'd work out and they'd train at the hotel, and we had a boxing ring, and they'd spar every afternoon. During that right. time of my life, I got to know all these boxers and all these trainers, and man, do I respect you. The mm-hmm. discipline that you have to train the amount of hours a day that you do, to perfect everything from your step to your waiting, to, to the way you, you attack, the strategy, the mental aspect of your game, the durable of the pain, you know, sustaining yeah. that, living through that, getting up round after round after round, you are inherently a winner. You got to know that. You're inherently a worker. You're inherently disciplined. You inherently will do whatever it takes to win, won't you? Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, I have that mentality, and I want to go for everything. So, Andreas, that puts you ahead of 90% of the people that start a business that don't have the discipline, haven't been through the training, aren't ready to go to war and fight for it aren't prepared to take the pain when it doesn't go well, you are so far ahead of the average entrepreneur, buddy, I'm just not sure you know it. 
So I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an accountant. I want to give you a little bit of advice, but I've got to tell you, you should talk to a local professional to make sure I'm right. I would suggest you form an LLC. An LLC means you don't have to create a separate tax return. You just do one tax return every year. All the money from the company just flows through to your personal self. It's an easiest way to form a company. You don't have extra tax returns and things to do. If you form the LLC, get your business license and get a business policy to protect you and your vehicles. It won't cost you much money. I'm going to guess that you can be in business for probably under $1,500 to $2,000. Now, no, most definitely. Yeah. I have these two fights. Um, I have one in September in two weeks and another one in November. And with that money from the purse that I'm getting, I plan on investing in this business and really get it started this winter. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick a color and I want you to paint every vehicle you have that same color. I want, whether it's a baby blue truck, a pink truck, a purple truck, or a truck with with pink polka dots on it. Not that I'm suggesting you do that. When one of your trucks drives by, I want everybody in your city to know it. Just like Kodak and AT&T, I want you to pick a color, buddy, that's your color. I want it to be a unique color. I want all your vehicles in that color. I want all the uniforms of your people in that color. I want your logo in that color. I want your logo to be your name, your company to be your name. I want people to know that when they do business with your company, they're doing business with you. And I want you to have a reputation that you'll fight for them just like you fought for yourself. In essence, buddy, I want you to brand yourself. That unique color brands you. The logo brands you. I want you to be visible. I want people to see that you're in business. And then I want you to go to all your coaches and the people around you. And I want you to say, you know what? I've committed to you for years. Now I want you to commit to me. Every one of you is going to sign a contract with me for snow removal. And start with the people that are closest to you, buddy. How's that sound? That sounds great. Uh, That sounds motivating. I'm fired up already just, just hearing you talk. And then just knowing that I didn't know that you were a boxing fan like that, and that just really just enlightened me even more. And I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And I'm just you speaking right now to me. I feel emotional, to be honest, a little bit. So, buddy, I want you to do something for me these next two fights. Shut it down, will you? Shut it down. Shut them down. I will do that. Get out of there with no pain and get yourself into a business that will sustain you the rest of your life, okay? Most definitely. Thank you so much, Don Taffer. I appreciate this. My pleasure. Good luck. That was inspiring. That was, that was a good call. He's a good guy. I love fighters. Anybody who's disciplined and works hard like that, KC, means a lot to me. You know, think about it. He gets beat up. He's in agony, and he stands up and walks right back in again. You know, fighters have a certain skill like that, uh, uh, KC, you know, th- th- that most of us don't have. You know, yeah. to us, we have a bad day. It's raining out. I don't want to go outside to him. Water is nothing. I get punched <laughs> in the mouth all day long. It, you know, it just creates a relativity of life. This is a guy who knows that it's going to cost to win. And he's prepared to pay that cost to win before he starts. A lot of people that start business are not prepared to pay that cost, buddy. So I, I think he's got a great head start on us all. Boy, I had a lot of fun this week. We had some great callers. Johnny Greco is a blast. And if you haven't Learned about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You want to see some of Johnny's work? Just go to YouTube and pull up some of the video production work that Johnny has done with the Golden Knights, and you'll be really, really impressed. And don't forget to hit subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Go to podcastone.com with the Podcast One app, and you'll get your new episodes every Tuesday. And please don't forget to like us or comment. And if you want to be on a podcast with me, 
Just send an email to podcast at johntaffer.com and you and I can have a bit of a conversation. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to No Excuses with John Taffer on Podcast One. Download new episodes every Tuesday here on podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, and at Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. 